Did you miss any of the sports action this week? Word you're not well informed about what player did what or what team is making the headlines? Then don't worry. We are going to fill you in. So sit back, relax, and don't touch that dial because it's time for Down in Flames. Here are your hosts, Kyle, Jared, Thomas, and Peyton. Welcome in to another episode of Down in Flames podcast, episode number 15 here on a Tuesday night, a little bit early on a week, trying to fit it in this week. The whole gang is back in town, all four of us here, well, except for producer Mike. So all four of us without producer Mike. So. Producer Mike is not joining us, but Peyton is back, back from Kansas City, I believe it was. How was Kansas City? It was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, good how, barbecue. Yeah. How much barbecue did you have? Uh, so I only had it for one of the dinners that I was there, That's but I got uh, several different types of barbecue on the platter, um, and I was a fan. It was good. I haven't had dinner yet, so now neither have I. Just making me very, very hungry. I actually didn't have lunch either. I just realized, like, so this will be an interesting show. Everybody's hungry. All right, so we're uh, gonna wrap it up. Yeah, and, we're gonna uh, wrap we're gonna it up. Uh, it's gonna show, be a five-minute show, and then we're gonna go get some dinner so before happy everything I came closes. Here, carried all this stuff in. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And set up to just to go home and eat. All right. <laughs> so we got a lot going on in the world of sports. NFL continues. College football continues. College football playoff poll came out today earlier, and the NFL trade deadline was earlier today as well. So a lot to get through there. A little bit of baseball, a little bit of NBA. Let's get on with it. Let's get it over with. Boston Red Sox, they did the thing. Again, don't want to talk about it. Jared doesn't want to talk about it. But He never uh, wants to talk about baseball, so he yeah, doesn't want to talk Peyton about it. Peyton doesn't want to talk about it. Any, do you even want to talk about it? Because yeah, I, I mean, I, I knew it was going to happen. Like I said, I was an air away from Ian Kinsler from being right on the sweep. and But 18 innings, crazy was that. They almost played a game for eight hours. They almost actually worked a full day. It's been a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple of days, and I'm still refraining from from cursing on the podcast. I right just now. loved how they I'm, how they. I, uh, I can't talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm about to move on. I love how they trolled your Yankees, and I'm about to move on. I'm just about to move. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. Ready talk <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk Next about uh, another dumpster fire. The Cleveland sportsdom as a whole. You had the NFL side. You've got the NBA side. Which one do you guys want to start with? In Cleveland? You know, we can just skip all of Ohio. I mean, <laughs> can we? I mean, can we start yeah. with both? Because I have an interesting theory. I think it's all on purpose. And Hugh Jackson goes to the Cavs, and Ty Lue goes to the Browns. <laughs> so the Browns are going to have a surprising twist. No, no, Browns are going to have a good offense now with Ty Lue. Well, with Ty Lue, uh, the they Browns are going to have a player who really coaches the team, and then he'll just be there with a headset on. And then for uh, for the Cavs, um, they'll have a lot of potential, um, but just everybody flubs up um, whenever it actually matters. So in case anyone was running, Peyton started writing for The Onion. Does Todd Haley go <laughs> to the Cavaliers as well? Um, is it a two for one trade? No, he was really fired. We'll go with that. <laughs> he was, he was really, really fired. fired. Oh god! So, as you say, the Cavaliers for some reason fire Tyloo after 
I believe starting 0 and 6. 0 and 6. 0 and 6 start for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, obviously, after losing a good amount of talent, Kevin Love's going to be out for a month as well. LeBron James no longer there. Just uh, doesn't really make first sense. First round pick isn't doing much. But this is a guy who took over the team in 2016, halfway through the year. Won the championship. Won the championship in his first season. I mean, was it him or LeBron? It was LeBron. <laughs> well, just like, was it Phil or was it Kobe and Michael? I mean, yeah, it's true. You could say that, but you could also say LeBron hasn't won in Cleveland before Ty Lue, and, and I'm a huge LeBron fan, so interesting. I, I mean, I don't know how good of a coach Ty Lue is, but what a, what a mess Dan Gilbert has created there in, in Cleveland. I don't understand what is going on there. The one that doesn't make sense to me more so is the Browns. With so, yeah, let's get to that. So they, they do officially fire Hugh Jackson after a pretty sizable loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Todd Haley, who everyone probably assumed to be the interim coach, also gets, gets fired a couple hours later. Yep. Uh, there were reports that there were a lot of disagreements on how the offense was being used between Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. There were reports that Hugh Jackson wanted to take play calling back into his hands. Um, obviously, Todd Haley's a pretty interesting guy. He's He's been known to fight with Ben Roethlisberger when he was with the Steelers, but he was always productive. Though he's a very good offensive corner, but fortunately he gets axed as well. And then for some reason they promote Greg Williams, who most of you know from Bounty Gate a couple of years back with the Saints as the oh, new yeah. coach. So what's going on in Cleveland? Anything else? Th- it's Ohio, any- like I they said. Don't even I mean- know. <laughs> they don't even know. Um, yeah, with with the Hugh Jackson thing, it just doesn't make sense to me because he goes, what was it, 0-32 before that, and they stick with him. And I now think it was 1-32. 1-32. Or 1-31. Well, now now he actually he doubles you know, his win. 2-5-1. Two, two, They're competitive, at least. They're competitive 2-5-1. They lose a few games that they very well could have won. Um, you tie Pittsburgh, which is, I mean, for the Browns is a, a huge win. Yeah. <laughs> That's a moral victory. We say there are no moral victories, but I think that they will take that. For the Browns, there absolutely are moral that's victories. That's right. They that's beat right. the mighty Jets. Yeah, that's right. They beat the Jets. Um, but, I mean, I'm just saying that it just doesn't make sense. That Who hasn't? <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense that you stick with the guy for when he has two abysmal seasons, and then they show a little bit of of life, and now you decide to axe him. It just to me the the rationale just doesn't add up. Uh, you figured that they would at least give him to the end of the year, um, and then make a decision. But it's almost like why did you even believe in him at the beginning of the year? Why didn't you just fire? Well, this him has to end? all do with probably Baker Mayfield, doesn't it? They obviously didn't like how they were handling Baker Mayfield. They didn't want to give him the rest of the year to potentially screw up Baker Mayfield even more. So they're starting fresh. I mean, could it be any – the timing that is now, could it be any other reason? I, I don't know. It, it, it just the Browns being the Browns. Um, but, I mean, I will say that I do like the GM for the Browns. I think he's the new GM. He actually brought in some good talent this past year, made some – low risk moves as far as like getting the Tyrod Taylor pick or getting Tyrod Taylor. And then of course the Baker Mayfield thing, as far as them taking him, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of that, but other than that, as far as the free agency side of things, bringing in Carlos Hyde, 
that was that was a good uh, pickup for the Browns. And, and then, then flipping him for a mid-round pick. That, that's yeah. right, because then you draft Nick Chubb, and they, they did a good job in the draft as far as getting a good running back, uh, younger running back. But, I mean, I, I do like what, what's going on there as far as them actually getting some talent. But, um, yeah, just the, the whole rationale just doesn't make sense to me. Just doesn't make sense. I, I tend to agree with what Thomas is saying based on the whole Baker Mayfield part because of the disagreements with play calling. I think that ownership was on Hugh Jackson's side of not liking how Todd Haley was running things. So, of course, if you just move him into a head coaching role, you're just going to see more of the same. Um, so uh, the problem that I have is what did Hugh Jackson do so wrong? I, maybe it was the Todd Haley situation. They wanted him to handle that because I know he said he wanted play calling back. I'm like, well, take it back. Like, you're, you're the head coach. Like you don't have to ask Todd Haley if you can have your play calling, you know, run your team. I, I don't know if he was managing how they wanted him to manage. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, how much are you going to trust a guy that you're already not happy with in Todd Haley? Yeah. All right. Well, well, looking forward, you have a uh, pretty decent rookie quarterback, pretty decent roster, like you guys mentioned. Pretty attractive job other than the fact that it is Ohio and it's Cleveland who's over the last 20 years hasn't succeeded. Who's next? Who's the favorite? I saw an interesting um, – take that Lincoln Riley they should go after Lincoln Riley and and reunite him with Baker they, Mayfield. they won't be the only ones going after them. oh absolutely I, I mean I think the Jets are another team that potentially could I don't know I mean and I actually might be in the minority I like Todd Bowles but um Mm-mm. it's just one of those things where if I mean the, the Jets if they have another below 500 season he's probably going to be gone as well so you know Lincoln Link, Lincoln Riley is going to be an attractive head coach for really any team. Um, but I, I, I could see the Browns going after him and reuniting with, with uh, Baker Mayfield. Does Lincoln Riley leave college in Oklahoma, though? Uh, I think just, this is a pretty good shot this year. It depends on what he, he said, wants. So so I, I believe they they probably brought it up today. I think it was a press conference with him. And he said he's not, uh, you know, not thinking about the NFL right now. Obviously, it's still midseason in college football. He's not leaving for the NFL right now, which makes sense. Of course, he's going to say that. But he said, this is not the right time for the NFL now. He said he basically said, I'm not looking at the NFL right now in quotation marks, right. which means you know he's got an eye on the NFL, and there's probably a good chance. If not this year, at the end of this year, in the next couple of years, he'll, he'll, he'll be making a move. Every coach has that eye, but Lincoln Riley did also just sign his new contract this past summer. So I don't know if in his own mind he's thinking, uh, you know, let's let's press pause for now. Let me shoot for a national championship, and then I'll look at my opportunities. Um, I I feel like the Browns are going to go for someone who's been a head coach before. I'm wondering if they might go after John Fox. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he's not coaching anywhere right now. He's doing his broadcasting thing but right. you know obviously you ask oh do you see john fox on tv what about mike you're Jennings? gonna say no so i don't think he's necessarily on I mean, a if, contract you're, if you're thinking that, of older coaches you might as well start looking at mike shanahan as well uh, i don't know yeah i'm not sure I, I, shanahan into a disheveled um disheveled team i'm not sure john fox has been thrown around a lot he can adjust quickly that's that's my opinion, just hearing the two names. But I feel like um, 
I feel like they're going to go for someone with some head coaching experience. It's time to bring point. Bill Cower out of retirement. Oh, gosh. No, thank you. <laughs> Flips the script, goes from Steelers to Browns. Yeah. Oh, well, well, on that note, uh, this is something <laughs> that we will definitely keep updated. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the offseason. Who knew? Hugh Jackson was the first coach to get fired. Maybe a couple more will follow him midseason as the next weeks come by. Moving over to basketball real quick before we move to the NFL for the full time of the show. Rick Pitino back in the news. Been outcast from college football, or excuse me, college basketball, which is about to start. And I'm sure we'll be getting into college basketball a little bit more. But wait a second. He said he was coming back. To the NBA, apparently. Rick Pitino is ready for an NBA job, according to That was Rick before Pitino. Moore came out. and Yeah. yeah. Well, according to Rick, Pit- Rick Pitino, I think he's on Twitter now, which is very strange to see. He is ready for an NBA job. He's searching for that. What's the chance that Rick Pitino actually gets a new coaching job? 50, either at the, either 50, at the college 50. level I mean, or I, the NBA. I, I'm not gonna, he's not going to get another one at the college level. No. No college team, even lower, is going to risk touching that. No. No. Um, I think NBA wise, I'd be wouldn't be surprised if he got a job. Wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. You're so much more disconnected from the players. I feel like they could make a case for we wouldn't get into any situation from past behavior. Right. But I feel like he'd go in as an assistant. I was gonna say clarification: head coach or assistant? Because I think he, if he's gonna get an NBA job, it's probably gonna be as an assistant coach. He won't get a head coaching job right off the bat. Now. Maybe he does a good job as an assistant coach and works his way into becoming a head coach. Uh, but I don't see. I disagree. I he's, he's 66. All right. Yeah, that's, he's that's he's 66. A, and that's a if really big name to pull in for yeah, an assistant coach. If he's job. going back, it's going to be a head coaching job. Now, we can debate, you know, whether he's worthy of a head coaching job in the NBA, whether he could succeed as an NBA coach. But if he's going back, it's going to be as a head coach. A couple of names, uh, teams to throw out there. Obviously, we just talked about Cleveland. They, they are stuck with an interim coach at this point, so maybe you look at Cleveland as a potential landing spot. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves are still floundering, and, and uh, Tom Thibodeau might be on the, on the ropes. Washington Wizards, another team that is obviously a coaching carousel. And then, you know, you got to throw Sacramento out there as well probably. So a couple of teams to keep in mind. Uh, any other teams that you guys could potentially see is well, uh, taking the bite on Rick Pitino? I'll go ahead and just the vampire. Say, I'll just go ahead and say no, and not as a head coach. It's just not going to happen. I don't think that they're going to because of what happened and how it happened. I don't think any NBA teams will touch him as far as a head coach right off the bat. So that's why I say maybe he does a year or two of his assistant coach. You pay your dues, you do well, you show that I don't know, maybe you've changed or something along those lines, but. Um, I just I don't see an NBA team saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, we'll we'll give you a job." After what after what happened at Louisville, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Well, on to the NFL. Today was an exciting day, guys. The trade deadline. Well, for the NFL, this was actually a pretty eventful trade deadline that Very happened eventful. today. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of big trades, a couple of big wide receivers out on the market today. Uh, we obviously talked about Amari Cooper getting traded last week to the Dallas Cowboys for a first-round pick. and then Which, by the way, the more I've thought about that, the more I am even more okay with the pick. 
You're more more okay, more okay with the trade room than I was see, last week. See, that's interesting. I think most people after today would probably think elsewise because you see no, two mm, big wide receivers get yes. traded, De- Demarius Thomas. I know the age. The but Demarius age? Thomas gets traded to Houston for a fourth-round pick. Golden Tate gets traded to the Eagles for a third-round pick. The age and contract. Both those players are not under contract. Demarius, year. Oh, Demarius, Demarius has one more year. One that's more right. Year. But, so, I mean, you still play those guys, especially um, the trade for Golden Tate. I mean, essentially, Philadelphia gave up a third-round pick, which I don't, I don't, I, I have no problem with the trade. I think that for what they're going for, they're in a win-now situation, try to win their Super Bowl. But they're essentially a rental for the nine games, and then that's it. Um, potentially, potentially. I mean, he, they're not gonna, they're not gonna well, resign him. I think um, you you would think. I, I don't know if they'll resign him or not, but obviously, you have an increased chance to resign him than signing him. In free I, I don't. I don't see the Eagles resigning him. They're not gonna spend. They're already. Going to be have enough other players are going to need to be paying in the future here. I don't think it's going to be on Golden Tate bringing in to be where the money's going to go. That, that, that's why I say I'm even after this and looking it over, I'm still more okay with that with the Cowboys making that trade because of these things. I know you guys disagree, but like I said, there are no top quality receivers in this upcoming draft. Like I mean, a lot of them may even drop down to the second round. I think what you're getting out of Amari Cooper is. Absolutely fine for a first round. Worth worth a third rounder. You're crazy. There's no, he's not right, worth we, a first well, round. We we talked about this last week. Uh, let's let's focus a bit on the trades that happened today. So we had those two trades. Um, we'll break those down a little bit. Uh, other than that, Dante Fowler, the number three overall pick from Florida a couple of years ago, goes from Jacksonville to the Rams. The Rams are all in for a third round pick. And then the other big trade of the day, Haha Clinton Dix. Another first-round pick from a couple of years ago goes from Green Bay to the Redskins. A couple other things, I believe, uh, Ty Montgomery, obviously after that bad, bad loss or that bad fumble that he attributed to the loss to the Rams last week for Green Bay gets traded for a seventh-round pick to the Ravens. So that's the bulk of the trades that happened today. I I would say that's probably pretty eventful for an NFL trade deadline. You don't usually get that much action. Of those trades that we just mentioned, which one is the best fit and why? Mm. Ooh, I'm ready to talk about like worst moves, not best moves. I Who's, wasn't prepared. For all right. That. Well, if you Who, don't have a best, what's the worst? Who's the? I can go who the winner and loser is in that if there is one. Yeah, I, winner I, and loser of of the day. I mean, the Golden Tate trade. I I don't dislike it on either side. I mean, the yeah. Lions weren't going to resign Golden Tate, and Jared and I disagree on this a little bit. But the Lions are not making. They're not going to win the division, in my opinion. I don't. I don't think, think this impacts the team that much no. either they want to get kenny galladay Gallad- Mega- baby megatron he's essentially the number three receiver on that team right now on detroit so i Tate? mean yeah i mean galladay is bigger i and don't then marvin jones, marvin jones it was like one a one b and one c they were all right. they were all had an equal timeshare right i mean and that's those two guys are going to be more of your post deep side out receivers and and uh um, Golden Tate is, I mean, he's your slot. I mean, that's you're not going to use him in those situations out there. And that's what Detroit's going to have to have. So he, they, they weren't going to resign him. They couldn't afford it. They have to resign enough other players in this next uh, coming year with a lot of free agency happening in Detroit. So I, I have no problem with Detroit trading off to get in the third round pick. I have no problem with, like I said, it, I think it's a rental for, for, uh, for Philadelphia, but I think it's something they need. And if they want to win in their Super Bowl, it's another player that just helps them get there again. So I, I think it's a pretty. Pretty even way there. This is where I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts a little bit more. The Demarius Thomas to Houston. I think Houston wins on this one. 
I think it's a, and that's, and it shouldn't be a win for Houston. Like he should have been able to stay in Denver. It's just, I have absolutely zero faith in Case Keenum. And I think that if they had been running that offense better, he could have been very successful still in see, Denver. So you don't, so you don't see those trades very sim- I I see those trades pretty similar. Both okay. sides uh, get what they want. Both sides get a pretty decent draft pick. Demarius Thomas is worth more than a fourth round pick. Yeah. It was a fourth round pick, and I believe they swapped seventh round pick, so you move up there as well. And I mean, that's not not as big. Demarius Thomas is a little bit older, he, like you said earlier in the pre-show uh, on Facebook Live. I believe. I mean, he's had the case of the dropsies a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. And hey, Denver's looking to do the same thing that Detroit did. You've got a very good young wide receiver in Cortland Sutton who's starting to emerge. You don't have the target share for him, so you ship out one of the older receivers, just like Detroit did with Golden Tate. You get a mid-round pick, and you move forward. Both teams, I think Denver – see, Denver and Detroit are in a very similar situation. They're yeah. both maybe in the wild card contention. They're not going to win their division. Maybe in the playoff hunt. I know you could agree to disagree there. but I think uh, – We'll talk on that in a minute. I think the two teams that came out winners here, uh, I think Dante Fowler is going to be a, a huge addition for the Rams. Um just because of the interior that they already have with Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald. I think with both of them on the interior and, and him on the outside now, because they needed a pass rusher in the worst way, and that's what he specializes, that, that makes him even more dangerous at this point. And then you bring back uh, Aqib Tlaib. I think that that's going to make their defense really, really scary. I know that they've kind of struggled. Um, they've had some injuries on their defense, though, but bringing in Dante Fowler just adds uh, to an already good pass rush with, Nadam can sue and Aaron Donald because they're good interior pass rushers. But now you have an outside guy with Dante Fowler, and that just wreaks havoc for their defense. And then I also think that Houston um, really, really did a great job of going out and getting Demarius Thomas to go alongside of DeAndre Hopkins. So now you Especially have because Will Fuller going down. ACL Correct. Last, Correct. Last week. So now, now you, have, you have the outside threat of – DeAndre Hopkins that can actually go over the top of defenders, make plays over over top. Demarius Thomas can take the the top off. He, he's a little bit of a speedster, um, but he's a physical receiver too. So now you got two very physical receivers in, in Houston. And I mean, the Texans are five and three quietly. They started out zero and three. Now they're five and three. Houston's a team that I mean, if that defense can can somehow figure it out, which it looks like they've started to. They could be a team to look out for in the AFC because you got you got the Patriots, you got the Chiefs, and then I think the Texans are, are right there at number three. I would say they're the third best team in the AFC at this point. All right. Well, Peyton, you didn't seem like you had a clear winner on the day, but it sounded like you had a pretty clear loser, or I'd say team that lost out. Yeah, I mean, so the Demarius trade was interesting. Golden Tate, I'm kind of with you. You know, it. You know, both teams get what they want yeah. out of that. But um, I was reading an article. Certain writers with ESPN, I'm a fan. And I love the way that Dan Graziano uh, listed his opinion. Um, and I love that they do the winners and losers uh, literature after pretty much every big event like this. And he said winners. Every NFC East team except the Giants. <laughs> well, <laughs> which is going to be that way for a while, I have a feeling. Yes. So the Giants are awful. And usually when we see the trade deadline, we're seeing people that are 
potentially in a wild card, uh, you know, hunt um, that are making a move or people that are terrible making a move, trying to get some value uh, in that moment, gearing up for draft season. Giants did nothing. Um, and well, what is weird, they, they did a couple of things a couple of days ago, or maybe about a week or so ago, where they traded uh, Snacks Harrison to the Detroit Lions, their nose tackle, who's honestly a really good run stopper, came from the Jets to the Giants. They traded him about a week ago, and then they traded Eli Apple. Yeah, Eli Apple to the Saints, to the Saints. for the fourth for a fourth round pick. That was about a week ago as well. So they they had the shades. They started the fire sale. But what what, but they what did are not they complete. what are they adding? What, what's right? What are they adding? They're not doing anything. Rebuilding. To, well, yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's weird that they started that fire sale. They traded a couple of these guys in that defense. Obviously going nowhere, but then they did nothing else. Because yeah. to me, I look at the Giants and I see. I see them losing because they have good, solid contributors on their on their defense. Um, of course, you look at like the Strahan, you know, JPP being younger, you know, those days of being, you know, wonderful on defense. You know, those days are done. They're starting to rebuild with some younger guys, some people that are getting some more years of experience under their belt. They're not looking awful, you know, when their offense can get them off the field every once in a while to catch their breath. Um, but your offense is just in shambles. You have and Saquon Barkley and OBJ. Yeah, you're not going to be able to keep them forever unless you can come up with some creative way to reignite your offense. Now, they were distracted by one of their backup quarterbacks uh, getting uh, arrested or detained. Uh, I think he was actually arrested um, today uh, for, let's see, what do we have here? I didn't hear about this, so this is yeah. This is, their, this is their rookie quarterback, Kyle, Kyle Oletta. Yeah, he's out of Richmond. Various motor vehicle and related disorderly persons offenses. Let me <laughs> let me let me. What read is that charge? <laughs> let me read some of these. He was charged with eluding police, obstructing administration of law, resisting arrest, reckless driving, disregarding an officer's directions, improper turn in a uh, marked traffic lane and failure to remain in a marked lane so it's like that scene out of liar liar he almost ran over an officer nobody else i guess caught that okay never mind <laughs> he almost ran over an officer now his traffic violation was while he was on his way to practice where he was going to be seeing a decent amount of reps coming in as because i think he's er technically the third string because so earlier this week pat Shermer would not commit to Eli Manning starting, which was very strange, which is which led to me, this is a couple of days ago, which led to me believe that maybe they were going to trade Eli Manning, maybe to Jacksonville or, or somewhere, if there were any bites. But then so they weren't committing on Eli, so then as the rookie quarterback, you would think, hmm. Opportunity. Opportunity. 37-year-old quarterback might get traded and is not guaranteed to start the rest of the year. Let me get some reps, but no. Yeah, <laughs> and they're calling uh, Eli's absence from practice a rest This, this sounds like something famous yeah. Jameis Winston would do, which we're going to talk about in a second. But before I do move on to the Bucks situation with famous Jameis, does anybody understand what's going on in Green Bay? <laughs> Real quick, because they trade Haha Clinton Dix, 
<laughs> I, I didn't watch much of that game. I turned it on uh, just Which to, they stayed in the game with the Rams. They did. And they, they had a shot the before. With the and Ty so, Montgomery was told not to take that ball out of the end zone on the kickoff. What does he do? He takes the ball out, fumbles it, loses it, game over. Uh, instead of giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers to win the game. Right. Aaron Rodgers well, isn't clutch, though, right? I, I didn't think he was good at making last second. Oh, wait a second. I think oh, wait, no, that's... That's the other Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, my he, bad. He I don't, is really good at last second victories. I don't know which <laughs> possession was on, but the only one I saw was late in that game, and they were getting ready to... Aaron Rodgers had the ball, and you see him get sacked, and... Aaron Rodgers just like on his knees slams that ball down on the ground out of frustration. I was like, "Yeah, I feel for you, buddy." Well, this is what I was trying to tell you guys at the beginning of the year. Their their roster is not good. Their defense is not good. One simple one simple question. No protection. Yes. One simple question. If you're Aaron Rodgers, do you feel like your talent is getting wasted? Right. Yes. Do you regret signing that extension? I don't know if he had any yes. other choices, but I I don't think he regrets signing well, that extension. Monetarily, he doesn't regret signing I, that extension. I do but. think that he is frustrated with the way that the team is comprised right now, and you know what what run game do you have right now to be able to open well, up? Well, that's your, the thing. They have Aaron Jones, who's been like six yards per carry all year, but. Mike McCarthy refuses to get him the ball, gives him the ball like six times a game, and it's like six for 50. And he, and he, impre- I mean, I think he actually had 80 yards last game, but they still only gave him the ball 11 times. I mean, I guess they trade Ty Montgomery away today, so maybe that can free up some run game. Thomas is hot right now, guys. But at the same Ty time, Ty Montgomery got traded away today for a seventh round pick because he blew the game. How did I not catch that? He's going to the Ravens. He hasn't done anything he all year. No. But seriously, no. If I was a Green Bay fan, I would be so livid because you. Okay, you again. You trade Haha Clinton Dix who was a pro bowler back in 2016, first round pick a couple of years ago. He's been a staple. He started 55 straight games for that defense. And what do you do today? You trade him for a fourth round pick to the Redskins. And you you bring in no talent. That, yeah, that You that bring makes no in sense. zero talent for this year. You know, the one thing with the Packers that I just find interesting, they're, they're running backs. Like they are the king of flash in a pan. They're they're yeah. running backs because literally Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams, Eddie Lacy, um, Eddie Lacy Ty, has- Ty Montgomery. I mean, all these guys they have like a good half of a season, maybe even a full season, and then they fall off. You hear nothing right. about them. I well, was with- I, I was surprised that I really thought Ty Montgomery was going to have a better year this year. I thought that they were going to be using him in the system where they used him before, without of in the flat, and they, he hasn't been. Right, you know what all. I just like, thought of? Yeah, Mike McCarthy to the Browns, perfect fit. Yeah. Get him out of Green Bay. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers deserves a better coach. Maybe he can do something. I don't know. Maybe he'll. Everybody will forget about him in Cleveland. Maybe he'll be a decent coach there. I don't. I don't bring some some type of winning there. But you have to make a change after this year. If they don't make the playoffs again, which talent alone they don't have the they no, don't that, they don't the have thing. the talent to win that division. You're looking future for the Packers. I mean they're. You need They're a probably two, three years away from being placed to be in contention hey, again right now, I think. Lincoln Riley to the Green Bay Packers? I think he'd choose to go there before he was choose to go to the Browns. I mean, are the, are the Are the Packers going to bring somebody in that's green? Somebody that's not been in the NFL before? 
I mean, they're the Green Bay Packers. You've got high expectations coming into every single season. Somebody like Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, I think, has enough of a resume in the background to be able to take that risk on a first-year NFL coach. I, I think that they would consider that one. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a believer of pretty much any coach transitioning and immediately saying, "Yeah, you'll be, you'll be great." The, Maybe Michigan wins a national championship and Jim Harbaugh goes there. I don't. I don't know. It's like the Pete Carroll is the only person that I've seen like do it well, like consistently well, like right off the bat. Um, but I think part of that was the team that he got. Oh, absolutely. Because well, look, Jimmy at, Johnson, look at them now. Don't forget Jimmy you know, Johnson back is, in the 80s. What is he doing? He's letting these Jimmy's players are the best away. Done it. I mean, right. If, if Jimmy doesn't, if Jimmy and Jerry don't have a falling out, that Cowboys team, I think, wins four, five Super Bowls in a row. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. W- would you not say that it's uh, more difficult for a college coach to transition to NFL now than it was back oh, in the heavens, 70s yes. and 80s? It's even harder now. Absolutely. Just I mean, the game is the so game different. The game is so different from yeah, when but it was I in think, college. But I think the personality of players coming from college to NFL now are so much different that you have to take that into I think you're starting account. to actually see a trend, though, that the NFL is starting to take the playbook of college football. To an extent. Back. I mean, they are you're running. You're starting to see a lot more college schemes. NFL is going more into the spread kind of a system. They're I think the college is actually the intelligence level of college football, especially on the offensive side, has risen to a point where the NFL can start mirroring that a little bit because you're wanting these rookies to transition a lot quicker. You don't have four years to develop a quarterback sure. anymore, so you need to get them familiar with something that they've been doing. Yeah, and college. when you're looking rules too, I mean, the game has gone so much in the NFL to be an offensive, an offensive game where defenses can't do what they used to be able to do anymore. So, I mean, that definitely opens it up for you to be able to do the spread system in the NFL that you couldn't do even five, ten years ago. I mean, the game has gotten so much – changed so much since then. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the college coaches do have that ability in that sense to be able to make an impact, but it's still harder for you to go directly from college to a head coaching job in the NFL and be successful. All right, well, we were speaking of the Green Bay. We've got two really good games coming up in Week 9 for the NFL. One of those is going to be Green Bay. They are at New England coming off a – uh, the box score showed that they beat the Bills pretty good last night, but it was actually a pretty close game late in that game. Uh, the Bills' defense actually stepped up. So they are – Green Bay is going to play at New England on Sunday night football. I think there have been a different quarterback besides Anderson. The Bills may have had a chance. but Is this a must-win game for the Packers oh, after they lose a close game? They're the past must-win games. They were a must-win game this last week. It's – yeah, that's – you're on life support right now, and if you don't win this, you're you're completely out. I think, barring a miracle. Yeah, I mean the the division is is still very much open, uh, even with Chicago just being four and They're, three. They are sitting at three, three and one. Right. Chicago and Chicago's at three, four and three. Minnesota's at four, three and one. The main thing right now for them is that uh, I mean they're they're one, one and one in the division at this point. Um, so, I mean, they still have three division games. They're going to have to find a way to win at least two of those. Um, and they still have to play the Cardinals, which I think they, they should win that game. And they play at the Jets, which, I mean, that's a very winnable game as well. So they still have winnable games on their schedule. Um, it's just a matter of, I mean, whether or not they put together those pieces. 
But like I, I was mentioning to you guys before, I just they play at Minnesota. I don't see them winning that game. No. They play at Chicago. They already squeaked out a win against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think they're going to win that game either. I, I mean, they, they they don't win at Detroit when they have that still. They still have that coming up too. They they, they play that either. They play Detroit at home, but well, but even still, they I play mean, Detroit on the road still, and and it's still at home. They played Detroit at home the last game of the season, but I think they still have to play Detroit, don't they? And they played away at Detroit and lost. So That's that was right. one of the games okay, they that was lost. Earlier in, yep. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, looking at their schedule, it just they have a too tough of a path. I don't really see Green Bay making it out in, into a, a wild card position at all. I don't see them winning the division either. Um, I mean, Chicago probably has the best setup because of where they finished last year. So they play a lot of basement teams this year. So they, I mean, they play at the Giants and they do play at the 49ers, which both of those are very winnable games. Um, but they have a lot of division games left. They still have to play the Vikings twice, the Packers once, and the Lions twice. Yeah. Um, but they do play at Buffalo as well. So, I mean, they play at Buffalo, they play at the Giants, and they play at the 49ers. Those are three extremely winnable games. They're already four and three. So, I mean, the Bears are in a good position to, to win the division. Um, even looking at the, the Lions, too, I mean, they, they have a, a bit of a tougher path, but even still, they play at the Cardinals, they play at the Bills. Um, their biggest hurdle is going to be, can they can they win against the the Vikings and they they're gonna have to sweep either the Vikings or they're gonna have to sweep the Bears. They're gonna have to sweep one of the two, and they um, can't trip up against one of the lower teams. That I, no, absolutely not. We, we talked about this a little bit today, Jared yes. and I did. And I, if the this is the thing that you're getting with the Lions right now, you they they're winning the games that they shouldn't. And then they're losing the games that they should. I mean, it's typical. That's kind of that's a good point. SOL, same old lines. Um, and this is the thing that's going to really hurt them. The fact, that, like we said, Minnesota having that tie on there. In order for Detroit to be able to get, they're going to have to finish one win better than Minnesota, and actually one win better than Green Bay. They can't tie with wins with either of those teams because they're going to have the tiebreaker for having less losses in the comps. They're going to have a better winning percentage, so they'll be the ones to take it out. I, the Lions, in order to be able to win, and they're going to have to win at least nine games, and that means they're going to have to go six and three for the rest of the season. I don't see six wins on that schedule. That means you're, like I said, you can't trip up on any of those, and you have to win two year division games. And I don't know that they're going to get it. They, well, they, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised. Minnesota is injury ridden right now. I wouldn't be surprised if this Sunday, if the Lions go in and win at Minnesota, but I think that's kind of where they're not going to win at Chicago. Who's uh, who's your pick of coming out of that division? Uh, crazy enough, the Bears. I mean, which is completely opposite from where we started the season. We thought it was going to be three pretty strong teams. Well, we thought two pretty strong teams, possibility for the Lions to be a strong team, and then the Bears in the basement. And here, the Bears are probably at this point in time the favorite to win that division, in my opinion. I mean, maybe Minnesota, if they can get healthy and if Kirk Cousins can win the big games. I mean, he's good, but he's not – He's not able to win that big game. He's in the same kind of position that Matt Stafford has always been in where they can do really well when they're not supposed to win, but when they're supposed to come up with the, the big game, they can't follow through on it. I mean, I, I'm going to say uh, logically looking at the schedule and just based off of how the teams have played, I'm going to say Chicago. Uh, but since since I chose them at the beginning of the year, I'm going to stick with the Lions because that's who I chose. I chose them at the beginning of the season. That's I'm never stick a stick with them. Never a smart thing to do. Hey, Ask any Lions fan. Here, it comes down to this, all right? So, Minnesota finishes the season at Detroit and then home against the Bears. 
those two games, especially that last game of the of the year, week 17, Minnesota versus Chicago. It's in Minnesota. Give the edge to the Vikings. I'll, I think they still have the most talented roster. They'll figure a way to win that division. They just need to get healthy. Yeah, they need they need Dalvin Cook. They're the 29th uh, rushing offense this year thus far, so they need Dalvin Cook to come back. He's likely to come back in the next week or two, so if he's back healthy, full strength, they can get that run game going, which will definitely help that offense. Defense, Xavier Rhodes hopefully is starting to get healthy again. They need to get that, that offense definitely healthy, but I still think they're the most talented team. Yeah, losing uh, Jarek McKinnon as well in the in the off season, um, just because of the the change of pace that he brings. Because uh, Latavius Murray is is a a downhill back. He's just a big, strong, bruising back, and he can catch out of the backfield as well. They don't really utilize him all that much in the, out of the, coming out of the backfield, but they definitely do miss Dalvin Cook. I mean, they they need that change of pace back, um, especially for the type of offense that they run with the quick receivers with um, Thielen and Diggs, which Thielen's leading the league, as we talked about, Peyton and I did before um, before the show. He's leading the league in, in receiving yards at this point. Um, he's had seven straight weeks of 100 yards uh, in a game. I, did that, now. I say, did that get broken, or did he have another 100 yards? So he broke the record, if I'm not mistaken, because I think seven, he tied it. I think eight was... I want to say eight was the time. I'm not sure. I'd ha- I'd have to go back. And okay. Look, but either either way, incredible. He's playing out of his. He's mind. He's playing incredible. So I mean, that it's not necessarily the offense, really. It's just kind of their. I don't know. Their defense just hasn't played like everyone thought they were going what, to this year. What say you, Peyton? Who wins the division? I'm saying I'm saying Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that they have an uphill battle, but I think that they're yes, they've got injuries right now. But I think depth-wise, they're the team that's built to do it. Um, the Bears, I, you know, they've surprised me uh, for this year. Um, but the longevity of the season, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not there with Mitch Trubisky and Tarek Cohen running the division. Khalil Mack was the biggest change for that, I think. But he's not healthy. He just missed the last game. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, before we do get into our picks for week nine, maybe one of us will be courageous enough to pick this game, but this might be the other game of the week. This is going to be, I believe, uh, just a 430 game here. Rams at the Saints. Both teams are rolling. And we talked about it a little bit earlier. The Rams did pick up Dante Fowler, who might be Available there. They're definitely trying to go after Drew Brees this week. Is this going to be the NFC Championship preview? Probably. Pretty pretty good likelihood that it is. I'm, I'm not going to take this as my lock for the week, but yeah. I think I think the Rams win the game. Um, that defense is just going to be the difference in that game. You have two really good offenses, but that Rams defense I think will be able to do more to stop breeze the thing that makes the Rams so good and scary is is Todd Gurley I mean because they can run the football the main thing with them is that they're able to they're really able to um, control the clock absolutely and and you when you have a a solid defense and a good run game just ask Thomas because he he's a Jets fan he knows but any anytime you have a good run game which when we had um, 
Sean Green, and we had a good defense. Hey, don't forget Thomas Jones. I say Thomas Jones. What about Chris Ivory? I mean, oh, that was. We're talking about those AFC championships. AFC championship games. Come on. <laughs> so, you guys have one of those? <laughs> two of them. <laughs> two of them in a row. Two of them in a row. Mark Sanchez, baby. Um, Sanchez. Anytime you can have a good defense and you also have a good run game, and they have an elite run game uh, with Todd Gurley. So I think. Um, I think they keep Drew Brees really off the field. I see the Rams winning this game as well. Uh, but I do think that it, it very well could be an NFC Championship game. It just depends on how the seedings work out because I, I also think I think the Eagles are going to find a way to, to make it happen and get back to supremacy in the um, NFC East. I don't trust the Redskins. They just every year it feels like they slip up. This is the first time they've been in the lead after week seven since 2000, I think they mentioned. So it's been a long time since the Redskins have felt this kind of uh, success, but I, I just I don't believe in them. Um, I, How about I, them Cowboys? Come on. Well, I mean their their defense is good. We'll see what Amari can do. I say the main thing is just well, it's really it's not even Amari Cooper. It's really to me it's Dak Prescott. Well, Amari's going to bring all those do? cool trick plays that he picked up from. <laughs> But I, I like the Rams from in that 2002 game. with John Gruden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, me, right, well, to me, it's Jason Garrett. That's true. Hey, did problem. you? Hey, did you guys see yeah. they they fired a coach? They this did week the, the offensive the line coach. First time uh, that he's done that in in his tenure as the head coach mid season firing a coach to the, the offensive court. Uh, was the offensive lineman? Offensive coach? line coach. Yeah. Offensive line coach. Scott so. Linehan. They're not going to fire mid season. They should. They should. Yeah. But all right, let's get into those picks. And I know, I know, I'm going to be unfair, but I'm going to take the Kansas City Cleveland game off the ballot for you guys. That is going to be off limits. Oh, Nobody can pick Kansas City this week. <laughs> Watch this will be a the game week that, that Cleveland the, yes. wins. This <laughs> is the week that Cleveland wins. You know, with with Greg Williams now the coach. But I'm going to win unfair. one for the Gipper comes out. <laughs> you honestly, you know what though? I feel like Cleveland is is a decent matchup for Kansas City in this game. But all right, all right. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm close to taking off Chicago at Buffalo because Nathan Peterman is now starting that oh, game. Oh no. <laughs> but I'll be fair enough and let I'll let one of you pick that game. No, right, no just, because this just is take just, it off. Okay, just we're taking it off. it off. Good, because thank you. Because no easy games here. I mean, any four-year-old or monkey can pick Chicago or Kansas City in those two games. We're amateurs, all right. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do this for real. We're gonna pick the real games here. Um, so get the three locks of the week. Let me actually update you on the standings real quick. Kyle sitting at sixteen and five. That's actually really good. I am one game behind. I'm fifteen and six. Peyton, you were sitting at 13 and 8, and Jared at 10 and 11. Uh, just one game under 500, but you're only six games back of Kyle. We still have a couple of weeks go. Everybody's still in this. Have we figured out what's going to happen to the loser in, in this? I think the winner just has to go. The winner. You guys buy the winner. Yeah, dinner or something. Dinner. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think we need some dinner on this or something. So we'll figure that All out. Right. Uh, I think dinner is most likely here. Who wants to start? Let's let Peyton go first, as he wasn't here last week. You know, beginning of the season, I would have picked Oakland over San Francisco easily. But I'm not going to touch that game, and I don't <laughs> like that I'm not yeah, going to touch that did game. Did you yeah. see who San Francisco might have to start? Because C.J. Beathard actually is doubtful. Or he's either questionable or doubtful. For I this saw game. he was in question. Who? Colin Kaepernick. It's, it's <laughs> honestly, it's a guy nobody's ever heard of. Um, let me see if I have it here. 
I think it. Oh, here we go. Nick Mullins. Who Nick Mullins is, I don't know. What team he played for in college, I have no idea. I don't know if Nick Mullins is 40 years old. No, we're about to learn about Nick Mullins. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> learn a little bit about uh, Nick Mullins here. because Southern Miss. Okay, he's about to start for San Francisco this week. Who was the last guy to come out of Southern Miss? That was successful? Yeah. Well, Brett Favre. Brett Favre. <laughs> Nick Mullins, next Brett Favre. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what if that happened? Yeah, C.J. Beathard is a game-time decision with a right wrist injury. Nick Mullins time it is. So nobody you still don't want to touch that game cuz now But you know what's that makes funny? Me want to touch that you know game. what's funny you, when you f- you know nothing like Tony Romo. You knew nothing about him when he when he came So Nick Mullins the, is now Tony Romo. I'm, no, I'm other, just saying other than I'm the fact saying. that you knew that Bill Parcells absolutely loved him and it was pretty big news when they signed him cuz Parcells was very vocal about Sure. Sure, but still it's it's just one of those creator. things where you don't hear anything about the guy. He could be one of those, oh, my gosh, who is this Nick Mullins? And then he winds up blowing it up. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying you just never know. You never know. All right. I want to give some collegiate history. And can we force all of us to make a pick on this game? Yes. On this game? I'm down. Yeah. I like this. Okay. So San Francisco, Oakland? <laughs> yeah. The crap bowl. <laughs> let, me, let me read a little bit of his history here, and I'll give you his best game as well. So as a freshman in 2013 – at Southern Miss, uh, he passed for 1,776 yards. Sophomore in 2014, 2,470. Uh, and then uh, in 2015, he completed 291 of 453 passes for 3,964 yards and 35 touchdowns, ranking sixth hmm. in D1 FBS quarterbacks in passing yardage i'm feeling good now i'm now, feeling good let me let me give you let me give you a certain game october 1st 2016 against the rice owls he threw for a collegiate career high of 591 yards four touchdowns and one pick wow so do we believe in nick mullins <laughs> this game all right this game is a thursday night game by the way it this is, is a do, thursday night do you game. want to know That's, the spread what's the spread this is in san francisco i believe it is yes san francisco's getting three or, sorry san francisco is giving three to oakland so you know what uh i think this is gonna be a high offensive game no defense. <laughs> That's funny to think of. It is, but I think it's hey, a high offensive game. Yards. Der- Derek Carr put up 28 points last week. So I'm I'm going to go with uh, a high-scoring game, but I say Oakland wins this game. I say if Nick Mullins has a good game, though, I'm going to say I'm going to come out and say that. I'm going to say San Francisco. Just for kicks and giggles. I'd go with the Vegas odds. I'm going Oakland. Put me down for Oakland. Right, so All right. So really, yeah. I thought Mr. Upset over here. No, I, <laughs> I, can't pick, I can't pick Nick Mullins. I can't do that to Why myself. not? What did Nick Mullins ever do to you? Yeah. He's playing on a Thursday night. That's what he's doing to me. I can't pick Nick Mullins. Yeah, it's like a college a schedule night. almost. That's I, a Southern Miss schedule right. right there. I would love it if he comes out, throws for 400 yards, four touchdowns. How many game lead do I have? Carried off. You have a one game lead on me. <laughs> oh. So this this could be the deciding factor. This Oakland-San Francisco Thursday night game between Nick Mullins and Derek Carr could be the difference. Well, how many how many wins do these 
teams have combined this year? Is it, is it three wins combined? <laughs> Two. Two? Are they both one-win one teams? Oakland's one and six. San Francisco is one and one seven. seven. Okay. So a two-win combined game. In week nine, or San Francisco is one and two at home, and the Raiders are zero and three away. Mm. So, if if in the first half Oakland is losing to Nick Mullins, I think we are out of the tunnel, going to see John Gruden in pads, <laughs> and he's gonna have to do it himself. <laughs> all right, so we picked. All right, so we picked that one game. So Peyton, right. let's let you finish your other two games, and then we'll go back around. Yep. Unless, do we want to do this week differently and all pick the same three games? No. No. Okay. We, right. we can do that another time. We'll do it another I, li- time. I like that idea. I like this. All right. So, Peyton, go ahead. All right. I'm going to say Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Ooh. Pittsburgh beats Baltimore at Baltimore? Yeah. Pittsburgh okay. over Baltimore. Okay. Sorry. Gotcha. Um, and I don't, I don't want to pick it, but there's so many question marks there. I'll do it anyway. Carolina beats Tampa Bay. Mm. I, that, that's a tough one. It really is, especially with has, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Has anybody noticed that Cam Newton is actually probably playing the best football of his career at this point? Other than his MVP? No, I think you could put this up there right with his MVP season. He's not going to win the MVP this year. But uh, they've had some a lot of big wins this year, and he's doing a lot more with a lot less he's this just, year. He's just not in the spotlight. He, yep. I will say, he is uh, making his receivers better, which is tough as a quarterback, uh, and not something that he's particularly, you know, that's not necessarily been his forte in the past. But uh, McCaffrey, we can just say he's in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Honestly, though, to me, it, it just lets me know how important Greg Olson is to that team because whenever he's been out, they've struggled offensively. But when he's in, Cam Newton feels a lot more comfortable. Even if he's just run blocking. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you did yours. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you know what's interesting is is Houston at Denver. So Demarius Thomas flipping right around and playing his former team right off the bat. <laughs> this is one of mine. I'm choosing thought, I one. thought that was interesting. Uh, he I'm, hasn't moved to Houston yet. He's that's just right. Waiting an extra that's week. right. He's just waiting in Denver. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Houston in that game. Um, six straight. Six straight. Six straight for a for Houston. Houston. I believe in, and I'm, everyone knows why. Everyone knows <laughs> why. Why, Jared? Is it because Deshaun you're Sean Watson? Oh, I thought it was because you're a Houston Astros fan. DeAndre Hopkins. Um. And I mean, uh, it, I just believe in both. Uh, I was talking about this earlier tonight. I just cannot believe individuals thought that Deshaun Watson was going to be a flop. He wasn't going to be a good NFL quarterback. You want to know why I know Houston's going to lose in this? Because game? I'm pretty sure that you picked Houston the first three weeks of this. I of I the picked season. them. I picked them still. Since Have you picked then. them? Oh yeah. Okay, I was going to say because you picked them the first three weeks when they and lost. They lost. And then I don't. I, I thought you haven't picked them in a while. Oh no! I pick them almost week. every week. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then Jared never mind. He's goning the Texans. I think he's just picking Houston every single week. So on that he's goning thing, just so you know, every time I've said this now, I always think, oh shoot, like, <laughs> oh shoot, <laughs> you gotta be careful. The the uh, turf the, monster, the Purdue Michigan State game on Saturday. The last I sent you guys the video mm-hmm. of when uh, Jaylen, uh, Naylor ran around for that touchdown at the end of the game, and I said to my wife, I'm like, oh he's gone. And then as soon as I said it, I'm like, oh. My <laughs> it's like don't say that <laughs> so um and then number two I- i'm gonna go with number three number three or sorry yeah number three i'm gonna go with uh los angeles chargers over the seahawks mm-hmm. i like the chargers i i mean they're gonna be right in it with kansas city mm-hmm. don't sleep on them because they potentially could beat them out on the in the division 
All right, Thomas. I'm gonna go. This is this is tough. Okay, this is tough. This is tough. Uh, let's see here. I'm actually gonna go Baltimore over Pittsburgh. I'm gonna take the opposite. Which I like that. I think that definitely could happen. Baltimore's at home. Uh, they're coming off a bad loss here against Carolina last week. They need this pretty bad. So I think I think they're actually a pretty good team. So I think Baltimore wins this, and I'm just trying to buy some time here so I can pick this third game. There's a really good Monday night game. <laughs> there is not a really good Monday night game. Mariota. Is there, is there a good <laughs> NBA game on Monday night? Because I'm definitely not going to be watching Tennessee versus Dallas. Come on. Let's go to be No, I'll watch it. Monday no, night. I'll watch it. I'll, I, I'll watch it. I watch anything. I'll watch, I'll watch Thursday night San Francisco at Oakland. I'll watch Nick Mullins See, or... You know Nate how Mullins you know how, how good Mullins. the uh, how good the games are based off ticket prices, and I'm seeing you know Chicago Buffalo as low as fifty one dollars, L A Seattle one nineteen. Oh oh, <laughs> Monday night Tennessee at Dallas <laughs> five, five bucks. <laughs> what five dollars? Can someone explain to me how Oakland at San Francisco is eighty seven dollars? That's the lowest ticket. Inflation. San Francisco is an expensive place. That is true. They gotta pay off Levi's. Everybody in Dallas has to work on Tuesday, so they're not buying tickets for Monday night. That's yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for buying me some more time. I'm going to go ahead and pick a team that I have not picked this year, I believe. The Jets. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Jets. The Jets at Miami. You picked them. You did actually I? picked them last time they played Miami. No. <laughs> yes, you oh, did. Oh, dang it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny because right. I was thinking in my head as Jared was picking, I was like. This guy doesn't even pick his own team. No. So for <laughs> Miami this week, do they get? Um, it's Brock still. Is it Brock Osweiler still? And it's and it's that's not going to be pick. October, so it can't be Brocktober anymore. That, that's a good pick. Yeah, there's no more Brocktober. It's not Brock November. Brock November. We, we just can't even. <laughs> bro Never. Bro Bro. Yeah. See, it doesn't work. See, nope. so that means they're not going to win. Not going to happen. See? All right. So I'm going to go as well with Jared on Houston at Denver. Boom. Um, why, why, why Kyle? So Ethan. I am very happy about this Demarius Thomas trade because I have Demarius Thomas in both my fantasy he, football leagues. Right. Be and careful. I have been on the like. He may not play this week. Oh, no. No, he may not. They might, not, they play might not play him. Yes, it's hard for wide receivers get to that, get the play. But, the, but a guy play. like Demarius, you don't, he doesn't have to know the routes. He just put him deep and you put the ball up for him. They can go up and get it. They'll so. only put him in there for some go routes. <sighs> Man. He, he might if he does play it's going to be like 25 percent. regardless i think houston's even without that i think houston beats denver uh, especially denver being down an offensive weapon now i think that the houston hey, don't, when he was hey, there, don't, but. don't sleep on Cortland sutton <laughs> okay um, so i'm gonna take houston as well and i'm going with the monday night football game i am taking my cowboys over the tennessee titans you guys think i'm crazy for that no, no, not no, entirely. Actually, they're not six and a half point favorite. They're off a bye. Mariota's and Tennessee offense has been absolutely, and they're coming off a bye. Hey, as long as, as year. long as Tennessee doesn't go for two every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, let's the move. Thing ever. <laughs> let's move on to everybody's favorite. Yes. Well, college football. Yeah, everybody but me. I don't know why I led like that, but everybody but me. I'm. Because you love it too. NFL. You know no, you do. No. You know you love it. I like it. Yeah. So much better. Oh, let's let's start with number one. So, <laughs> so yeah, let's the, do a week the, nine the recap. <laughs> uh, I wonder why he wants to start with number one here because number two, Clemson uh, steamrolled FSU. Woo! 
No, they, they there's just, not much to say. I say they look really, really good. Offense is is clicking. Defense is really starting to look sharp now too. Um, Trevor Lawrence is just. I mean, he he honestly just reminds me a lot of Deshaun with this special play that he does distribute out on the field. So, but hey guys, we we got our first comment uh, on Facebook Live today. It's been kind of quiet. It's been kind of quiet, probably because the, the mass of people uh, are usually used to us on a either Wednesday, Thursday night. That's true. Um, <laughs> they were thrown <laughs> off. They who's were na- so thrown off. Who's Natasha Grace? I don't know, but she said, very sports, much athletics, go fight, win. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a good audience today. Sports. This I it like this. Sounds like Brian Regan. Money much moosen. <laughs> she's, she's exercising her <laughs> sports expertise there. Uh, very eloquently, so <laughs> I think she just leveled our uh, our intelligence. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I think uh, it actually was interesting. I was reading an article about Clemson this past week. How and I agree. I think the ACC is down this year, but they they were mentioning how NC State still against other opponents scoring forty one points, Syracuse scoring fifty one points, um, even Wake Forest scoring twenty seven against Notre Dame, giving them a scare. So. Th- the fact that Clemson is holding these teams to 10 points, um, three points, uh, seven points, it, it's just showing how dominant Clemson Not has become. They didn't hold them to six points? No. What about eight? <laughs> no. Okay. So, I mean, they're just showing how dominant Clemson's been in the ACC this year. Um, but anyway, we can move on to game number two now. No, hold on hold on a second because I, I want to talk on Florida State here for a second. Oh, okay, go ahead. Okay, Florida State has four wins right now. Their next four games are all against ranked opponents. Florida State has appeared in 37 straight bowl games, I believe is what it is. Does that end? I think it's a pretty good likelihood that they do not become bowl eligible this year. Were they still in a – they were in a bowl game last year? I uh, thought they were. They were. Yeah, yeah I thought they were. Yeah, they're uh, – so actually, I take it back. It's um, – um, we have to come back to that for a second. Longest bowl record streak. FSU has a new record – of twenty th- of thirty six years, yes, so they have it for thirty six years. That was last year, so they are in the lead with that record right now, and that's about to be Man. broken. I think. Yeah, they do have. They because go at they, NC State, at, at NC Notre State, Dame. at Notre Dame, home against Boston College, home against Florida. Um, I think it's pretty easy to say there's three losses there, and then the one maybe Boston College at home. I, I think, I think they're done. I think they could potentially beat NC State, um, possibly. NC State, I mean, they lost to Syracuse last week. Now, Syracuse is good. Syracuse is actually ranked at this point. And it was at the Carrier Dome, right? Yeah, Syracuse is actually ranked. Watch out for Syracuse against Notre Dame. It's at Syracuse. That is a potential. Oh, yes. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Yep, Dungy, Dungy, Dungy. He is a good quarterback. Um, And then – not, yeah. against, not against Notre Dame, though. I don't, oh, all right, we'll see. Wake Force put up 27 what, on uh, Notre Dame's defense. What about Pitt? Yeah, Pitt, too. Absolutely. Yes, Syracuse is a potential. This is getting a little ACC heavy here. <laughs> That's right. I, I know college basketball is about to start, but we're not talking Duke here, all right? I, I think they're going to miss out, though. I agree with you. I think they lose to Florida, even though it's a home game. They they very well could beat Boston College. Boston College is a pretty good team this year, though. I, I don't foresee that happening. Um yeah, I don't, I don't see them making a bowl game this year. All right, well, the other game uh, it was number nine, Florida, at number seven, Georgia. I think we all did pick Georgia, a home game for them, the, clearly the better team. Uh, they won pretty good there. Before we do move on, anything else left to say on that game I think was pretty pretty clear cut? Yeah. 
Um, Georgia just looked better, and they are better. I, I t- and that's we'll, – after we get through these picks, we'll come up to the rankings poll. But I, there's some interesting things that can definitely happen here for this this uh, college football playoff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, one more game that I didn't want to recap real quick that I thought was interesting was that Washington State-Stanford game. Pretty good game. Washington State, uh, they, ranked them, they were ranked 14th at that time. They do end up beating Stanford um, – Away, Stanford was the home team there. Believe I picked Washington State in that game. Yeah, Washington yeah, State is, is definitely rising up in the rankings. I have to double check, but I believe they're number are they, seven or yeah, eight? Are they up in the top ten at this point. I can't stand Mike Leach. Before, I love Mike Leach. How do you not like I, Mike Leach? Locking a kid. I think uh, we, we all. Exactly. It goes back to Texas right. Tech, but no, even then, but, I hate his oh antics on yeah. the podium. We no, I love it. We we need more of Mike Leach. No, we need oh, less. Of so Mike interesting. Leach. I love it. So, but. Does wa- does Washington State, with this win, do they actually have a shot at the playoffs at this point? Uh, do, they have a, do do they have a pretty good shot at the playoffs? I mean, you can make an argument for them if they get to the uh, Pac-12 championship and win it. And they'll, it depends need on some, who they play. They'll need some help on the Big Ten getting knocked down, which is definitely a possibility. And probably they need the Big 12 to get knocked on as well, too, because I think Oklahoma would still be above them. They they are eight in the college football playoff yeah. rankings, and we will talk about that in, in – let's actually do that right now. Let's talk about the, the – so the college football playoff ranking, this was week one, came out a mere couple of hours ago at this point. Pretty apparent. We all knew the top four at this point. I think the only surprise there in the top four was LSU at three instead of Notre Dame, Notre Dame falls to four. Uh, so obviously, Alabama one, Clemson two, LSU three, Notre Dame four, Michigan five, which those top five were pretty set in stone, I would say, at this point. Georgia six, Oklahoma seven, Washington State eight, Kentucky nine, which is very surprising, actually, over Ohio State at ten. Um any big surprises other than what we just mentioned? It's there? it's SEC bias all over again. It's happening it's again. It's not bias. Is there, it is. Right, is there one person that actually believes Kentucky is better than Ohio State? One person in, in the entire universe that believes Kentucky is right a better now? team? Right now? Right now that they are a better team than Ohio okay. State. If I'm talking about what they've done so far and what they have and where Ohio State's been, I would say right now Kentucky's been the better team than Ohio State. Do I think it'll end that way? Probably not. I don't have any problem with Kentucky being at number nine. I just uh, the LSU being over Notre Dame. I don't like Notre Dame, but the fact that they're over Notre Dame at seven and one, Notre Dame's eight no is is egregious to me. But, I, I think that's crazy. But remember, it's all going to be taken care of next week. That's why I almost wish that these that the that the, the, play, the poll could have came out next week because a bunch of this is going to change. But I still week. don't like that because teams like UCF who are undefeated and a below a six and two Florida team. Um, yeah. that that's where it, it frustrates me because it's like you have to get it right every week to give teams that actually are deserving. They were talking a about they were talking about this on ESPN Radio today, and not to, I don't. ESPN agrees with me. <laughs> U- UCF UCF would need multiple two they loss would. teams in the top to be able to be considered to get into it, and they, I. And I and I have no problem with that. that. Well, I think that it just depends on where they wind up at the end of the year. Because, I mean, you still Georgia still has to play uh, Alabama. LSU still is about to play Alabama. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State still have to play each other. Washington State could very well lose a game here. Kentucky could lose a game. I mean, they, they have 
the ability. I just the the fact that Florida six and two and is above them is crazy. That's yeah. crazy to me. The thing that's going to hurt UCF though is because if West Virginia wins, they're going to jump them still. So I mean, you have West Virginia that's below them. That's better than UCF. Potentially, I mean, I just, for them this, it this comes UCF down. thing I'm telling you is the exact same thing as with the Boise before because Boise won. Their bowl game yes, against Oklahoma Boi- before. It's but Boise did finish number four. UC- but they, that year, I be- I don't know what year it was off the top of my head. But they did finish number four in well, the rankings. Post. So they would have. But they would have been in the. They would have been in the playoffs at well, that. I, they so with UCF last year though, they finished number three. I mean, so it's not. You know what I think really hurts UCF? Auburn having a horrible year. Mm-hmm. I think that's hurting UCF. I do. I think that's her new CF. I think. I think if Auburn was at least top fifteen, I think that they actually would be a, a little bit above where they're at. I don't think the committee looks at previous years' games to make their determination based on this year. I don't though, know. So. I don't know. They say a lot of different things, but I mean, I don't know. I don't agree with a lot. Yeah, of I think they look at trends. I'm with you. I think they look at trends, but um, yeah, UCF. I don't know to see them. Honestly, to see them below Florida, I would put them ahead of Kentucky and Washington State as well. Um, not over Ohio State. I wouldn't put them over anybody else there except for Notre Dame just because Notre Dame's the worst. But uh, They're not, though, right now. That Notre Dame team is really good. Notre Dame's going to slip up, man. Notre <laughs> Dame's going to lose. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that because they actually have a pretty interesting game. An away game this week in our in our pickums, and that's going to be our first game that we do pick. Before we move on to that, uh, do you guys agree with me or not with me with Davo Sweeney, which I heard on, driving into our meeting here today, right after work. Davo Sweeney, after learning about the playoff rankings and the playoff poll, said he is a Roy team. That it is Alabama, and the rest of y'all. And uh, he's just happy to be in it, and he's one of those Roy teams, he said. Rest of y'all. That's what he said. He said, it's I, Alabama and the rest of y'all, and we're, I, I, we're the rest of y'all. I guess if you're going to say that it's Alabama's national championship to lose, then yeah, I have no problem saying that. But I, I think I think it's Alabama-Clemson, and then the rest of y'all after that. I think Clemson is – I think you have Alabama at the very top of the ladder, and then you have Clemson a few rungs down, and then it's a big drop-off before you get down to the next-year teams. I think it's his way of saying, yeah, we hear about Alabama every week. Um, we're worried about this Saturday. I we're agree. Focused, we're focused on the next game. The season will end, and we'll be where we are. But um, I think it's just his kind of playful – I mean, he's a he's a jokester when he gets on the – uh, gets up. Well, yeah, podium, he was he so. was laughing. He was laughing this whole time. Yeah, he was so laughing. I think it's his way of saying like, yeah, you know. Wait, so they're they're worried about two and six Louisville this week? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I I, I think are. absolutely that he makes he makes every game like that seem like a college football playoff game. He does. He really does. That's he he makes sure that they never underestimate an opponent ever. So oh. before Except we move NC on, just real quick. <laughs> so since since the rankings come out. You have the top right there right now. Based on what you see right now, how do you see the rankings finishing out in five weeks? Oh, it, you're putting us on the spot, aren't you? I, I am. You want us to predict how it's going to look like in five weeks? Yeah. That's impossible. No, it's not impossible to take your prediction right now. 
Man, I'd have to look at schedules. Um, but uh, I would say, um, oh, man. So this is the end of the year, so conference championships and everything. Uh-huh. I would say, I'm going to say LSU at two, Clemson at one. I'm going to say Alabama loses to LSU this week. And then. Well, now you just spoiled your pick. And then uh, I would go Michigan at four. Not if if LSU beats Bama. Mm -hmm. No. Yep. If if LSU beats Bama, you're going to have Clemson at one, LSU at two. Notre Dame at three, Bama at four is what you're probably going to have. So you think if Michigan wins out even over Michigan, Ohio State Mich- and – Listen, Michigan's own, Michigan, if they win out, uh-huh. depending on what happens with Ohio State, their only rank win against a ranked team at the end of the year would be against All right, Ohio see, State. There, there's no quick way to do this. But there's also there's, there's no, no quick way, way to do this five. for the, for I, the I'm sake not, of I'm time. I'm not trying uh, real quick. I'm not trying to take away anything from Michigan. What's going to hurt Michigan at the end of the year if you have teams that are like that, even if they win out, they're not going to have any wins on their on their. They're not going to have any te- wins against top twenty five current ranked teams at the end of the year. That's going to hurt them in the in the committee's eyes. Uh, Ohio State would be top twenty five if oh, if that be the one. If Ohio State holds on, if Ohio State slips up again. They'll probably drop out of the top twenty-five. Who are they going to play on the other side of the Iowa? They very well could play Iowa, and Iowa's ranked. I, it's probably going to be. It's probably going to be. Honestly, it's probably going to be um, Northwestern. Mm, that, that that that's a huge reach. But They're, Northwestern's two games ahead in the lead right now in the West. Uh, I'd have to look. Anyway, Michigan at number five. That just for them to be number five, that's just not going to happen. If if Alabama, LSU, whoever's ahead of them loses, if, if, and they went out, they're going to be in the playoffs. But playoff. if Alabama loses, that's what I'm saying. If Alabama loses to LSU, mm-hmm. and Alabama wins out, and LSU wins out, they're not going to keep Bama out. You're going to have two teams in, and you're telling me that you're gonna you're gonna kick either Notre Dame or Clemson out above Michigan. That's not going to happen. No, but you're but you were saying that Alabama is going to get in by not winning a if, conference if, championship. I would if Alabama loses this game to LSU, uh-huh. they'll still get into the playoff if they win out the table. So then because the, their only loss would be against a number 3 team in the country. So then the, if they win out. So if they win out. But then the committee goes against everything that they say as far it, as conference the, championships. It'd be the exact same as it was last year again. That's what you'd have. And why why would I think that the that the committee is going to do anything different than they did before and leave a Big 10 team out? Especially a Big Ten team that at that point in time would not have any, would only have one win against a current ranked tw- top twenty-five team. Because this Jim is, Harbaugh. This is thank you. This is me. I'm <laughs> I, I'm completely being unbiased towards Michigan. Michigan, I think, should have a should would have a legitimate argument to be able to be in, just like Ohio State did that year. But that's why I'm saying I would not be surprised in the least bit, though, if how that plays out, like you're talking about, if LSU does beat Alabama, I think that you'd have the same four that are in there right now would finish at that same level. That would be egregious to me because Alabama, once well, again, they, and then if they lose and then they don't even have to play in a championship game and then they still get in, which is kind of what happened last year. And it, it was, was, exactly la- it was, it was laughable. Year. It was laughable. They uh-huh. shouldn't have got in. All right. Well, let's let's pick this up next week. We'll do this again when we have a little bit more time. Let's right, plan this. A lot yeah. of this is going to take care yeah, of itself in the next Yeah, week. It, it's going to take care of it. We have a lot of good games to talk about. So it, it's going to take care of it a little bit more, maybe a little bit more clear next week. We'll have more time. And we could finish that up in what we might predict what the playoffs might look like, I guess, at that point, four weeks away. But before we do get to the picks, real quick, as far as our segment with the Heisman favorites, any changes there at this point? 
Uh, I have Tua. Let's see. Uh, Jared, you did changers last week as well. Uh, you're at Travis. How do you spell Etienne. Etienne, are you keeping him? I am. Really? Kyle at Kyler yeah. Murray, are you keeping him? Is Tua available? No, I have Tua. Okay, then Tua no. is not available. <laughs> Tua was available for eight weeks for everybody, <laughs> and nobody realized it, and then I took him. All right, so you're keeping Kyler Murray? Yeah. And then you have Haskins. Sticking with Haskins. You're gonna you're gonna stick with you're Haskins. You're sticking with Haskins. Sticking with Haskins. Yeah, Will Greer. I actually Will thought Greer? about making a change to um Hey Will Greer had a really big game no, against Washington State's you, quarterback. You, no, you know what? Um uh Dungy? Nah, Trevor Lawrence. No. Yes. The guy's gonna play like seven games this year. Homer. <laughs> hey, look at his stats. Tell me I'm wrong. I just told you. I know. Look at his yeah, stats. You're wrong. If he had the whole you're season, wrong. there's no way. I'd say maybe a better chance. Go ahead, go ahead. Look at his stats. All right. Though. Well, let's let's get into those uh, five games of the week. Week ten preview. Week ten pickums. Real quick update on those standings here. Uh, Kyle is. Are you in the lead again for college football? I believe. Yep. Yeah, he is. No, we're tied. We're tied. All oh, right. We're tied. That is big. You cannot yeah, had, forget that. Tie. I had a couple of slip ups last week, yeah. so that we all did had a couple of slip ups. I believe Jared actually had the best best week, and he's actually right in this. So Kyle and I are at thirty and eighteen through nine weeks. Jared is only one game behind at twenty nine and nineteen. And look at Peyton making a comeback. Peyton is starting to make a comeback because we haven't picked Alabama in a couple of weeks, yep. which is good. Peyton is at 26 and 22, only a few games behind. This pick against Alabama wouldn't be completely horrendous, though. So. Yes, he is actually allowed to pick <laughs> Alabama and actually hey, have a. I picked Tennessee over Alabama anyway, and I'm still closing in on you guys. So <laughs> No, we're saying, like, if you didn't pick against Alabama this whole time, you'd probably that, there's be There's three more wins for us. you. You'd be right up there tied with Jared. I believe. And you're lucky Alabama <laughs> doesn't have a heavy schedule, a tough schedule, because we don't pick them every week. You mean Citadel's not tough? No, you're right. They are. That's tough. <laughs> Oof. Best best team in South – are they in South Carolina? Yeah, they are in South yeah, Carolina. Yeah, best team in South Carolina. <laughs> Fifth best team in South Carolina. Tenth best team in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's start with game one of the week. Number three, North. Uh, why did I say North? I say, I because I, I wrote down ND, and I always think North of North Dakota. Dakota. North Dakota, yeah. Notre Dame at Northwestern, which we alluded to a little bit earlier, who you did say they do have the lead in, is that the Big Ten West? Yep, and this is in the conference yeah, game, they, so it's not going to hurt that at all. Yeah, they are 5-1 and one in conference, which yep. – a lot of people forget they had a rough start to the year, but they've put uh, put together a couple of good wins. So they're five and one in conference. A little bit tougher game than you would imagine. What do you guys think happens in this game with Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Northwestern. Mm, this is Peyton's upset for that one. Then I think. Can I can I go ahead and say I think Notre Dame loses two games coming up. Northwestern and Syracuse. Um, Northwestern is a really difficult place to play. N- not for this game, it's not. That's a home field for Notre Dame. It's but they still like play good. That's away. They not, still play good at home. That way. They play good at home. Otherwise, they wouldn't be five and one in the division. Most Northwestern fans are Notre Dame fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. Say, well, I'm just saying Northwestern just plays differently at home. I, I'm gonna say Northwestern in a close one. 
Seattle's I was close to picking Northwestern. That's that is why I put this game in here. I originally didn't have it in here, and then I saw it at the end. Had to throw it in here. I didn't. I honestly didn't expect anybody to pick them, but uh, good for you guys. So two against Northwestern. I, I'm. I will eat crow if I'm wrong on this. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think no, Notre I th- Dame wins. You by think 14. it's big? Okay, I think uh, it's going to be scores. close. Northwestern's been good the last couple of years. I love Pat Fitzgerald. He's a great coach. Great coach. Does a lot with a little bit. With all that said, Notre Dame, like you said, it's it's basically a whole game, home game. Northwestern does this, really well against if, teams that if they that do have to slip the up, they may they may very well slip up this year and 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 miss the playoffs. But I don't think it's just yet. All right, so we're fifty fifty on that game. Let's move over to the game two. Uh, this is a tough. Week. This is a, th- yeah, yeah. This is we have five, four more games that are top fifteen matchups. You have number six Georgia coming off a big win against Florida. They are at Kentucky, which is number eleven in the country. They are at, sitting at seven and one on the year as well. Another game that I think we're all going to pick Georgia again, but I, I could be wrong. I'm I'm saying Bulldogs. Georgia. I really want an upset. I know. But I'm gonna say Georgia. I mean, it absolutely could happen. Yeah. Could yeah. it really? I, I Being that's at Kentucky. Yeah. The fact that's waking. I think Georgia's defense just. I think they have a game. Yeah. I think they just come out hungry to not let someone come in and surprise them. Because everybody's hyped up on Kentucky right now. I am too. They've been playing very well. Even if you sit there and say like, "Oh, well, they haven't played anybody." The same same as with UCF, they're they're, they're doing they're, well, what they can. Their best one was have. at Florida. I, did they? I believe they, they did beat, beat Florida. Florida. Yeah, so they're not. It's not like they're, you know, not doing anything. I mean, they're playing well against who they're playing against. So they're not just nothing. But I think Georgia's defense comes out and gets a few turnovers, points off of those turnovers too. All right, looking at game three here, which. Had so much potential to so be even. Did you pick Georgia? Yeah, I picked Georgia. Okay, as well. so all Georgia. Yeah, yeah, all Georgia. We got the clean sweep there. Georgia at Kentucky, picking the road. I, I'm curious what the the spread would be. Anybody want to p- pull that up? Actually, the Georgia Kentucky game while I'm teeing up this West Virginia Texas game. Yeah. Because I'm actually curious to see if Georgia it. would be a favorite there. Now, so looking at this game, this had so much potential to be one of the games of the week. I mean, it's still going to be a really good game. Uh, Texas, unfortunately, coming off a loss last week. Do you want the Georgia spread now? Yeah. Georgia is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Nine-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Not, yeah, so and okay. matchup predictor for ESPN has them as an 81% chance of winning the game. So, yeah, Fair enough. All right, so, so matchup predictor is siding with us. Look at us. So looking at this game, number 12, West Virginia, this this had a – This is a hard game to pick. Yeah, this Texas, if they did not lose that Oklahoma State game last week, and then coming into West Virginia, this could have been one of their staple games to get into the playoffs. If Texas wouldn't have lost last week oh, this week, goodness. Texas is in the playoffs. Yeah, they would have been in the playoffs if they won this. But now, looking at the outside in. They're out now. They're uh, not getting in. If they they have a very slim shot. I mean, now two losses. That, that makes it pretty much impossible. But number 12, West Virginia on the road. This game is at Texas. They're ranked 15th at this point. Is this a bounce-back game for Texas? I like Texas in this one. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to be with you, Jared, on this. Um, I really want to pick West Virginia in this game, but I, I think Texas, being that it's in Texas. Yep. Um, Big game way, at home. Long way to travel. Big game at home. 
I, th- I think it's Texas. Texas fans are going to be really excited because they, they actually have something to be excited about. So I, I like Texas in this one. The other Will, burnt orange? You going with the other burnt orange? Will Greer is still hurting over that loss. Will Greer is going to show up, West Virginia. All right. Man. I already had it written down. Look at this. Yeah. I already had you written down for West Virginia. I knew it. Thomas knows. I've been. This is tough because Will Greer was my Heisman pick for most of the year before I switched to Tua. But I've been picking Texas constantly before you guys believed in Texas. True. I've been picking Texas. I have to stick with them. I want to see them get back into the top ten. just want to see them relevant. They are at home. They're different at home. Texas wins by seven. By seven. By seven. Okay. All right, looking he, at he was about to say eighteen. It was close. It was close. <laughs> looking at game four, this is another really good game. No, it's not. Uh, you think it's a blowout? I think Michigan wins. Uh, sadly, well, I I don't. I I want. You know, of course, you all know this. I want more than anything else Penn State to win this game because I want to be able to cheer for Michigan State against Ohio State in two weeks. And if they do that, that takes away because MSU beating Ohio State only would help Michigan at that point in time. Um, but I think Penn State has not been able to do things offensively much the last three weeks at all. Um, they should have lost to Iowa. I mean, they gave Iowa 12 points in the first by getting that safety and then um, – Could have lost Indiana the week before Could have lost Indiana the week before that. Now, granted, Indiana is a team that can put up on any team. I think they can compete with a lot of those bigger teams. But still, um, right now they're – the receivers at Penn State are not making any, getting any separation. They're not making, they're dropping balls, they're dropping passes. So and McSorley, I don't think is a great passer anyway. McSorley, how he wins with his feet. The only way you're going to beat Michigan on the run is if you get to the outside edge. That's Penn State's one opportunity maybe to do that. But I think that Michigan defense is just too good, and they're going to keep Penn State off the field. So you're and going with Michigan. I think I think Michigan wins the game. I think they can probably win by at least two scores. It's it's very similar to what it was against when they played Wisconsin. Penn State is just an underwhelming team this year, just like Wisconsin is an underwhelming team. Sorry, Nate Street, I want your team to win. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I like Michigan as well in this one. Um, and, I mean, I, th- I think it's going to be a little bit more offense than what we think. Um, but when I say that, I mean in the 20s. I think it will be a game that's in the 20s, but – um, because I, I do like Trace McSorley a lot, I think he'll be able to to make some things happen, especially with his feet. They've got they've got to be able to get first downs, yeah, and keep, yeah, that Michigan so, defense on the field for a little bit to wear them out a little bit. They they have to get some of that. They but, have to control the time of possession. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna say you know so, something along the lines of 28-21 would be or 28-24, something like that would be my my pick. But yeah, I'm gonna go Michigan. This game, game as well. this game will be in the 20s, but Penn State wins. Oh, Penn State wins. I hope you're right. I (laughs) hope you're right. (laughs) Penn State wins. That's all I'll say. Knock those Wolverines out of the playoffs. Let's do it. Penn State. Penn State. (laughs) All right. See, I I hope you're both right. I just don't think it's going to happen. Even, even. I know the argument is, oh, but Michigan's defense, but Michigan's defense. But that offense. I'm still not impressed. Defense in the country, and they. It wasn't easy. They had to grind. They have to grind through this conference every year. Trace McSorley is not. The, the difference know, for um, that one, though, that that game was at in Happy Valley. They have to go to Ann Arbor for this game. So. I'll, I'll I'll take it. All right, Michigan. Cool. You've seen it over the last couple of years. Michigan chokes. Yeah, 
And uh, yeah, I'm still not sold. See, I'm, I'm still I'm, not sold. The offense is not very good, but the thing that and this is what I'm going to give Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan team a whole lot of credit is that the way they're playing this game right now, their defense is offensive enough for them. It's not necessarily scoring, but their defense is flipping the field that Michigan can just run the ball enough to be able to be within scoring range and make something happen. I mean, I'm going to say this is the game that Shea Patterson actually puts up some numbers. I, yeah, I'm not going to say that. I'm saying it right now. To who? Well, it, it, Peoples not, Jones. Let me say this. If Tariq Black is back, that's where Michigan has a better chance of putting up numbers and Shea Patterson's ability to put up numbers. I think their running game is going to open up the passing game for them in this game, and I think Shea Patterson actually has a good game. MSU ex- um, exploited that Penn State defense, so if MSU could do it on offense, I mean, why couldn't Michigan, I guess? And I think Peoples-Jones I, has a good game. I, I'm still I hope you two are right. It's like they're I trying hope to convince you two are right. us. They're trying to convince <laughs> us. I, I mean, we're both sold. Penn State's – I'm pretty sold. Penn State is going to win this game. All right. Penn State is good on the road, too. They are good, good on, on the road. road. And Franklin they're good in the Michigan. conference. Over the last three years, Penn State's been fantastic. And Franklin hates Michigan. He he hates Jim Harbaugh. I mean, these guys are going to be ready. Yeah. Penn State is going to be so ready for this game. I mean, you're not going to sell me on on Michigan. I'm not. All right, if they win this game and they win it handily and they win this handily, sure, maybe I'll be sold on Michigan after that. Maybe I'll believe that they'll beat Ohio State later in the year. Yeah, but I, I'm not. I'm not yeah. sold yet. I need to see this game. I need to see them win big. I mean, I wasn't impressed. I, I mean, I know they beat Michigan State twenty-one to seven. I still wasn't impressed. That still wasn't a good win. Honestly, I feel like for Michigan right now, this one's going to define their playoff chances way more than the Ohio State game. Well, I mean, they have, they have to win every game to get in. They're they're not going to get in a two loss, but yeah, I know. But I I feel like this is the one where if they win this one then I say they beat Ohio State. If they lose this one, I say they lose to Ohio State. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's a fair thought process. All right, well, we saved the last game, the best for last. Well, I, I'm actually going to throw a hiccup in that after this game, so but go ahead. Well, do you want to do that before first? No, I, I want to. want to do it after? Liberty pick them? No. <laughs> well, we, and I'll tell you why. We it's saved the best biased, game. But I want, I'll tell oh, you he's why. wanting to add in. Charlotte at Tennessee. <laughs> so we saved the best for maybe not last, maybe not for second last. Tennessee. I, I don't know what's, what's going to be last, but this is the game most people have waited for all year long. We get this game again. The number first one, Bama time at number four the, at number four. The first time this has actually been a super relevant game since like the late two thousands when they were just a huge rivalry. Um, and I mean they Less still miles. they still have been, but it hasn't had that same grasp that it did before. The same capture um, as far as an audience that it had before. I really like LSU in this game. Um, and enough it, to pick them. Enough to pick them. <laughs> a lot of it is because of of the offense that they have found with their new quarterback. Is it Barrow? Is that his last name? Jake? Is it Jake Barrow? Peyton, help me out here. Uh, Burrow. Burrow. Sorry. So uh, he he's looked really sharp. Um, and I know Alabama. It, obviously, they're they're known for defense and whatnot. But something about LSU. I like their uh, their running back too. LSU's running back. Um, first, it, th- first, yeah. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun fun matchup, especially being in Death Valley, uh, Death Valley Junior, and um, 
anyway, yes, I, I think that this this is going to be an awesome atmosphere. You crack me up. <laughs> awesome atmosphere, and uh, I think LSU wins in a close one. Shakes up the football playoff world. I wanna I wanna go. I wanna share some Joe Burrow information with you. Still get your feedback. Wait, just with him? Can you share it with all of us? Share yeah. with the class. Nope, just with Jared. <laughs> but man, let me whisper in your headphones. Um, <laughs> just chat him. Just yeah, just just chat him. All right, we're gonna go with his stat line here. Completions, hundred twenty. Attempts, two twenty-three. Uh, yards, one thousand five hundred forty-four. Completion percentage, 53.8. Yards per attempt, 6.92. Touchdowns, interceptions, 6-3. and three. <laughs> Hasn't done too much. Yeah. Feels like he has. I agree that I think he's m- making an impact because he's not really throwing the ball that much, um, but he's leading the team. Yeah, and that's true. He, he's, if he he's, feels like a leader. He is leading the team, and he's reading defenses. Um, uh, LSU. So both of you are LSU, right? Yeah. I, I think both of us down. are. Bama. Yeah. I, I I wrote this down before we even started this game. I wrote you down for LSU. I I definitely knew Peyton yeah, was going to do I wasn't LSU. Picking the other one. And I know. I mean, I know. Obviously, I knew my own pick, so I knew I was going to put Bama down, and I knew Kyle was going to pick Bama as well. I, I what I have no reason. To, would I be surprised if LSU wins? No. No. Neither would I? Probably not. But what reason do I have to believe that – what weakness do I see in Bama thus far this year that, that leads me to believe that they're going to lose? They're secondary. I think Burrow throws this week. Nick Saban or Ed Orgeron? <laughs> <laughs> Say, they, LSU came out and, and popped a really good Georgia team in the mouth and, and beat them by 20. Georgia's not Alabama. Georgia's not Alabama, but Georgia – Took Alabama to That's last the end year. of last year. They did, this but Bama team they haven't. Last year's Bama they team. haven't lost much. Yeah, they. Georgia hasn't lost much. Losing Chubb and so I, they still I have think, Swift. I think Alabama's defense was better last year, though. The secondary. Yeah, but look now you have two for a whole, the whole year. Defense. Yeah. The whole defense was better last year. All right, All right so well, that, that wraps up our pickums. This, no, Kyle I'm has. A, I'm gonna throw oh, in the pick This is another pickum. So this is game six. I'm going to this game, and it is my team. And so, you're going to this game. I'm going to this game. Uh, so MSU, that's at that, Maryland. That sound is is probably the li- our, our, this library closing. <laughs> probably. Yeah. This is 11:25 <laughs> at night. We're gonna have to pack up really quick here. I'm 100 um, percent sure nobody's watching on Facebook Live anymore because it's almost midnight on a yep. Tuesday. Most of us have work. So, so what game was this? I was going to do this because, surprisingly, MSU at Maryland is actually really close when it comes to predictor. MSU was, before today, actually only a one-point favorite. Um, they're actually a two-point favorite now, so it's not as close as I thought. So we don't have to pick this then. I was going to have it because it was only going to be one point, and I want to know what you so guys So we're not think. picking this? Well, what's, no, what's interesting. We don't have to. Should we? Should we do a poll? It should we raise our hand? It doesn't have to be on our pick for the points. I just want to know, do I – should what? I be worried going into this game? What, what's interesting is... It might be a is, close game, but I wouldn't be worried. What's interesting is Durkin got reinstated today. Oh, so we went for the Gipper will be all Interesting enough. McNair, it says McNair family is outraged by it. So I wonder if there'll be protesters at this game that I'm at then. Be interested to see. There may well. It's on ESPN2. I'm sitting in the lower section, so be looking for... Hey, anybody worried about the 76ers or the Rockets? 
a little bit of NBA. Hey, I, I'm just show. I'm just loving that my Raptors look as good as yeah, they Raptors do right won now. big over the 76ers. Uh, Rockets. Right, this lost. podcast yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah, and this is... keep on talking NBA about. <laughs> well, the one thing the one thing I want to close. Uh, he wants to I talk about clo- his Raptors. I want to close on one thing here of why I do like uh, how I've kind of changed my opinion on the Demar Derozan Kawhi Leonard trade is that Kawhi Leonard is a closer. That's something that DeMar DeRozan was not. So when you need a bucket towards the end of the game, Kawhi Leonard is able to give you that and keep the lead. So that's why I really have, I've actually, I've, I've kind of flipped my opinion and I really like it, the, the trade now, because <laughs> Kawhi Leonard's look great. He had 31 again tonight. Bold prediction for NBA season? Golden State wins. <laughs> well, now that we have a little bit of NBA talk, that'll finish up <laughs> episode 15 of Down in Flames. Thank you so much for those of you who did catch us on Facebook Live all the way until 1130 on a Tuesday night. We really appreciate it. Make sure you catch us on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify. All of our podcasts are going to be on there as well. Like, review, subscribe, all of that such on social media. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.